We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am your host dusty evely with me as always is steve perhatch and sarah kelleher how are you guys steve we'll start with you steve how are you how are you uh dude i'm tired I am yeah. tired. I appreciate you taking over the hosting duties tonight. I sent this message to both of them, and Sarah was coming off of a rehearsal, but Dusty was very, very gracious enough to take over hosting duties. I just long week already, and it's only Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, I'm um, I'm ready to talk some Packers football. I'm a, I'm excited that they won a, an awesome game over the 49ers, and. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm ready to go for the podcast, and then as soon as this is over, I'm going to freaking bed. <laughs> yep. Sounds like a plan. And uh, yeah, we'll get to the game in a second, but first, Sarah, how are you? Sarah Kelleher, who talked to A.J. Dillon himself this week. How are you, Sarah? How did uh, Carry the G with A.J. Dillon go? Good. It was fun. He's super nice, um, which, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything different. I always thought that, but it was it's kind of surreal to be in a Zoom with an actual Packers player and talk a little um, and get to know him. So it was really fun. If you haven't uh, watched it yet, I definitely recommend checking it out on Cheesehead TV's YouTube channel. But yeah, Steve, I'm with you. I'm tired. So it's a long <laughs> night of up late writing on Sunday night uh, for the game. Obviously a very just wonderful ending. So that was, it was a fun recap to write. But then I went to sleep at about 1.30, adrenaline was running, so it took me forever to fall asleep. And then it felt like right when I fall asleep or fell asleep, my smoke detector decided to just <laughs> say, hey, now we need new batteries of all nights. So I really only got like three and a half solid hours of sleep. So that was a lot of fun. But hey, we're all, we move on. We, go, we make it through. We're here. And... I'm just counting down the days. I have a short week this week for work because I'm heading up to Green Bay this weekend. Yeah, so Packers play in person. So I'm so close. It's really just one of those weeks where I'm just waiting until the end of the week. And I'm like, one more day, one more day, one more day. But <laughs> I'm excited. A huge win. 
now I'm going up to Green Bay. So tired, but feeling good. Yeah, I think I think we're all in the same boat here. I've been up, uh, you know, getting between all the film stuff, writing and all of that. I think I got about four hours of sleep last night and then, you know, busy day today, kind of getting all that written up. Uh, so, you know, we're going to try to blow through this a little bit, which means, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, 55 minutes as opposed to an hour. You know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what we can do here for you today. Uh, before we get to the game, we'll get to, we did, there was a, a Packers move today. Tyler Lancaster went to the uh, COVID-19 reserve list. And it looked like a corresponding move, although it looks like it's actually a corresponding move to the Daphne going on IR. The Packers signed a tight end. They signed Tyler Davis off the Colts practice squad. Uh, just a little bit about Tyler Davis, 6'4", 252, ran a 4'7", 140, 7.89 Raz. So, you know, kind of a toolsy guy. It seems like that's mostly on the back of nice 20-yard split, good bench press, so Good burst, kind of strong. Six-round pick by the Jags in 2020. He did play about eight games, most of his snaps on special teams. Two targets, zero catches. Went to school at UConn and Georgia Tech, and we actually came into college as a quarterback. So he he did transition to tight end from quarterback. I watched, you know, I did. I was gonna say I did. I did the film study on him, which means I watched roughly two minutes of highlights uh, <laughs> before before we started recording here. I mean, decent burst. They seem to use them mostly in the passing game in college, as near as I could tell. Like enough speed to run away from some guys. Again, so 470-140. Jay Sternberger, who is like, you know, we know that didn't work out in Green Bay, but still like relatively fast guy. He ran a 4.75. And so his 40 time was slightly faster than Sternberger. So you can see that a little bit. Um, I don't think anything's going to come of it. But uh, I don't know, Sarah, Tyler Davis, this moved the needle for you. This gets you, this gets you amped for Tyler Davis season here? Sure. You know, why not? But, I mean, we're really not going to see much of Tyler Davis, as great as it is that he's, you know, with the Packers. This is not somebody who's – it's not a big move for Green Bay and that they're going to come in and be a big playmaker. Um, you know, we'll be lucky if we see a decent number of snaps, if any at all. So um, it's really just that. I think it's more of a, a logistical move and things that they just have to do to keep players um, in and around on the practice squad and – not not really anything more than that yeah and and you know we'll, we'll get to steve here in a second because there's an, another move around the league this is something that was kind of coming for the past week or something jamie collins released from the lions you know fresh off uh, about a week ago getting roasted by one mr aaron jones steve he is a linebacker and it says on my contract i have to ask you <laughs> jamie jamie collins yes or no steve <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, totally bring in the guy that Aaron Jones go. roasted. Yes, that's exactly what the Packers need. Uh, no, man, I mean, Devondre Campbell's like, he, he's looking pretty legit. Not mm-hmm. not blow you away, but he's he's just, he continues to make plays, which is really outstanding. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy he's there. I, obviously, you, anybody listening who knows me knows that I would love a, a, a good first-round talent uh, for the Packers to be at it at that uh, inside linebacker position, but God, no, I do not want Jamie Collins being brought into the Packers. That's a good answer. Nice and sensible. I like that, Mm -hmm. Steve. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go, uh, you know, just touch briefly on, they did play, as we mentioned, they played the 49ers this past weekend. You may have heard a thing or two about it. Uh, So I don't know, Steve, just, just overall thoughts, man. How'd you feel going into that game? And then how did you feel during the game and kind of when it ended? What were your kind of takeaways from that? The feelings, I think it started with some optimism because I just felt like nobody was giving the Packers a chance. It was the fact like the the 49ers were going to run over the Packers. It wasn't going to be close. The defense was going to be horrible. And just 
you know, every game that the Packers have played in against the 49ers for the last several years was, it was just going to be a repeat. And so I felt honestly, you know, when, when that happens and everything is stacked against them, um, I was just, I was very intrigued to see what Matt LaFleur or what, what Aaron Rodgers, how this team would react. And honestly, I was, I was super impressed. This, this is not the way that the Packers normally handle playing like super physical teams, the way that they handle playing a team that's like very much on par with them on their level. And I, I was just, I was really happy to see it because they went and, what we always say is like, you know, make the smart game plan, make, do the things that make sense. And they were chipping Bosa and then they were going after, you know, quick plays. They were running like effectively, like everything that you wanted the Packers to do. That's what they were doing. And it was just, it was, it was just, I was just happy watching the game. And then as, as everybody says, like the, the referees got in the way and they were making some boneheaded calls and they were making things that you, they were doing things that nobody would really agree with. I mean, the Stokes penalty of in the, in the fourth quarter, it was just bad. So um, by the end of it, I was very calm. Like uh, when, when Rogers got the ball with 37 seconds, I didn't know if he was going to win it or lose it, but I felt okay. And, and um, overall it was a really, really fun game to watch as a Packer fan. Sarah, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I went into this game and I was pretty nervous. I I wasn't sure if we, you know, we're going to see a blowout or if it was going to be close. What I didn't expect uh, was the Packers to come out and really just truly play their hearts out and fight like they did. And that was so refreshing to watch because I feel like we've been asking for that and hoping for that and just waiting for that for so long. Like you said, Steve, it was everything that we've wanted. It, felt like they had that heart and desire and they were really just laying it all out there and everybody was involved. I've talked about it in my game recaps. I've talked about it on this podcast. I've tweeted about it. This team, and we saw this last year too, is best when everybody is involved, when they're mixing it up, when they're you know getting creative with play calling. And when the Packers just go back to some of the basics, it gets kind of stale. And when you watch it, 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 the players look like that too. You know, I know people say, oh, Aaron Rodgers looked uninterested and that's BS. But it just kind of looks like sometimes they are going through the motions. And yeah, they're good. You know, obviously they win games. But Sunday night was so refreshing because it felt like they went out there and they truly wanted to kick San Francisco's butt. And it was awesome. And I hope that that kind of is a tone setter for the rest of the season. And Aaron Rodgers did say it in his postgame presser. He said, this is huge. And I it was the first time we had the energy level that I you know, was trying to achieve and that all of us wanted. And I think it'll really help us the rest of the way. Uh, the way that they fought, that is a Super Bowl contender where you fight until the very last second, literally. And everybody you know, lays it all out there. I saw that LaFleur said that, Alan Lazard came up to them on the sideline and said, put me in on special teams. That is that. that is the type of commitment that I wanted to see from the Packers, and it was so nice to see it. I did, however, feel like I was going to puke at the very end of that <laughs> game. Um, that was horrible. I mean, it was awesome. But I 
you know, I know it's Aaron Rodgers and, you know, a few seconds is enough for him, but I truly did not think that 37 seconds was enough. Um, I just thought, hey, it'll be a really long field goal or they'll get close. But I was just so sad because it felt to me like, oh, this is going to be heartbreaking. This is truly going to be heartbreaking. And then as soon as he hit that first pass to Devontae, I'm like, Packers are going to win. The Packers (laughs) are going to win. Like all I needed to see was that one pass and that was it. So it was freaking amazing. Loved it. Loved all the videos after Roger celebrating, Um, you know, everybody jumping on top of Crosby. It was awesome. And I really do think that this is a, the Packers are always a momentum team during the game, during the season. And I know that this momentum will carry through and I'm excited about it. So, uh, Sarah, you kind of you kind of talked about this. I'll get to mine here in a second. But uh, our friend Don DeQuisto asked us a question that was, "How confident one to ten uh, were you that the Packers were going to win during the last minutes on Sunday?" We know Sarah's answer, which was negative five. But Steve, when it was sitting there and they had they had the thirty seven seconds left, you know, Yuschek has just scored. How like where were you at that moment? Where the, how how confident were you that they were actually scoring that? Oh, I was probably at a two. I mean, I. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Aaron Rodgers. He had zero timeouts and he had 37 seconds. And he's at the 25 yard line. That's like next level impossible stuff. Like you give me that in Madden, I'm not scoring. Like that's not happening. And I, like, it, but but to be fair, as as Sarah as what Sarah said, as soon as they completed that first pass, I legitimately said to myself because everybody else was asleep. I'm like. You guys are effed. And I <laughs> said something else a little more explicit. But like I was like, dude, you guys are done. Like he made that pass. Uh, I'm I'm not worried about getting another 20, 15 to twenty yards and spiking the ball. And it just seemed like it was it was effortless, which I just loved. Effortless and then the, the fist pump, like the uh, the dude from e, the dude from ER from like nineteen ninety five, like ooh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and for me, I like going into the game, I was like a little more optimistic than I thought I would be. And then like I just was undone immediately. They had the that nice pass to Lazard, and like they were doing well, and they got inside the red zone, and then just started self destructing. And it was the I can't remember. I think there was like a loss, and there's the the Nyman penalty, and it was this is going to be like the other Niners games. Like Crosby's going to miss this field goal. And then that's going to be that where you had like, I think the, the Niners game from a couple years ago, that was the really like 20 yard gained uh, Devonte Adams and the, you know, the roughing penalty, whatever they called on him. And they got pushed back and it was first and 20 and they just never got back on track. So I kind of thought that, uh, and then, you know, they got the field goal, they put up some points and then the Niners score with zero seconds left in the half and get the ball back. And it's like, okay, this is where it turns. And it did. And then the ref stuff I had for a while. I talked about this with, um, Ross after the game on Sunday it reminded me of there's there's like a, a game against the Bears like your Sunday night or Monday night football I don't remember what year that there was like 17 penalties oh I remember that one yeah and like he came out of that game the Bears had no business winning that game but it was like, it was like game. pouring rain wasn't it yeah and I, I, I said I this remember. like the image I remember from that game was Jay Cutler chucking a ball to no one in particular I'm pretty sure Woodson it was Woodson that intercepted it 
and there is a defensive pass interference call, like not on Woodson, but on someone else, a kind of a weird ticky tack thing. And Cutler having just chucked an interception that by no means no one should have ever thrown just, just with his hands in the air, just really excited about this. Cause he got the penalty that bailed him out. So I had, it had that vibes for me. And so that 37 seconds left, like I will say that when you check scored, I was like, Oh, okay. Thank God. Cause I think about the seven, I was like, they can hold the Niners at the seven. Once he caught that ball and got inside the five, I was like, this game's over unless he scores. So I thought they had a chance, but like you said, 37 seconds, no timeouts, 25. Yeah. Like I listen, I love Aaron Rodgers. You shouldn't be confident that you're going to win that game because exactly. that's very hard to win that game. They've got a good enough defense. They got a good pass rush up front and they know what you're going to do. And you don't have timeouts, So you can't really go to the middle of the field, except you can go to the middle of the field. Um, so yeah, just a tremendous game. And we're going to talk about this again in a little bit uh, when we get to the questions here, but tremendous game. Um, I screamed a lot. I haven't been that excited about a game in a while, a regular season game. So it's kind of awesome. Uh, all right. So I was going to say, we're going to move forward now, but we're still probably looking back a little bit. Uh, so as you know, Tuesdays, uh, when we record this, it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays over on the Pat McAfee show. I did not get a chance to watch any of it. I know Steve watched a couple clips and I believe Sarah, Sarah watched the whole thing. So Sarah, why don't you hit us up with some of the highlights from uh, Pat McAfee today? Yes. So big uh, appearance in Pat McAfee show on Tuesday was Aaron Rodgers guitar. Um, and no, he did not play. Um, it's very funny. He kept teasing it the whole show. Pat actually played uh, for a couple seconds and he, he wasn't bad. He was pretty good. Um, but he did tease at the end. He finally said, all right, all right, I'll play. Um, let's play together. And he like leans forward with the guitar and then they're like, okay, ready. And then right when they were supposed to go, he exited off, like he hopped off the Zoom <laughs> call. So that was pretty funny. Um, but you know, they really talked a lot, obviously about the game on Sunday night and what that meant to him. He said he had a ton of confidence in Crosby, um, and that, you know, he was nervous, but he felt like if I can get us there, he'll make it and we'll win the game. Um, and he did just that. Um, he also said that he himself was very shocked that Devonte Adams came back in the game after he got, he took that hit. You know, he said, when Devontae got up, he looked over at him, gave him a thumbs up, and Rodgers basically was like, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're okay. He said he took it as like, okay, you know, he's all right, but we're going to have to do this without him. And then he said, you know, two plays later, I look up and he's jogging back on the field. He said he was like the un- – <laughs> he compared him to the undertaker, um, which if you follow any of the Packers players on Instagram, I saw that Randall Cobb posted that on his Instagram story too. So <laughs> – I'm sure that's a joke that's going around the team right now. Um, for those of you who are, who are wondering, it appeared instead of a concussion that he just really got the wind knocked out of him and he couldn't catch his breath. And they said that that's what happened to him. I don't know how because it looked like he got drilled in the head on all the video replay. But that's what they're saying happened to Devontae Adams. Um, he also talks a little bit about going back to the guitar um, when they were asking, like, do you play? Do you sing? We see you in the State Farm commercials. Do you actually perform? And he told an interesting story that about 12 years ago, him and a former long snapper on the Packers went to an open mic night in Green Bay <laughs> and played and sang. Gosh. Um, and he said that they prepared for it and everything. And then that, that when they got there, um, the, per- the long snapper that he was playing with, um, basically froze up and Rodgers had to 
to play on his own. And Roger said, we didn't get booed off the stage, but it was pretty bad. But it was in Green Bay. And all I'm thinking about is you're like, oh, I'm going to go you know, out on the town with my friends tonight. And then you just go into a bar and Aaron Rodgers is singing that. That's like a, that's a re- alternate timeline that I'd like to live in. Um, <laughs> another funny tidbit from Pat McAfee show was that they asked, you know, have you talked to LaFleur since he was obviously hyped to beat his friend. Um, what's going on there? And he joked that he said, oh, well, I haven't seen him because he's on a bender right now. So nobody's seen him. He's too busy celebrating. Um, but he said, no. Are we, sure all... that's a, are we sure that's a joke? That's pretty much what Pat and the boys said too. But he said, no, Matt is super serious. He said probably as soon as he woke up the next day, he already forgot about it and moved on. Um Ty, who we know is a big Packers fan that's on the Pat McAfee show, he always comes with great questions, and he had another great question this week. Um, And he asked, um, if you haven't heard or if you didn't see the tweets, apparently the play, that that first play to Devontae um, in the last 37 seconds on that final drive was one that they had actually drew up in practice earlier that week um, to kind of run – in a game situation and their hypothetical time was actually 37 seconds as well. Um, So they really game planned for that. Well, Um, but Ty asked, you know, have there been other times that you guys have done that and you prepare for it in practice in case, and then it actually happens in the game and it works. And one of the times was actually the bears game, you know, the the infamous Rogers to Cobb for Mm -hmm. the North. So that was another one. So I thought that was very interesting that they they get it right sometimes. And he explained the process and said pretty much what they do is the day or two days before and some of the final prep for the game, they'll basically run a two-minute drill with the ones. So the top offensive guys go against, go against the top defensive guys and they run it to try to make it as realistic as possible. This week, they used, 37, they used the 37-second reference, used the play, and then they ended up going to Devontae. So kind of crazy how that happens. He also mentioned that his neck was a little sore um, after he had his third career reception when he got absolutely (laughs) hit and then fell on the ground. So he said, I'm fine, but I, I did get rocked a little bit. So he's a bit sore. Um, And last thing before the Aaron Rodgers book club this week was they talked about his quote at the end of the game about how can you not be romantic about football? I mean, he did say he was watching Moneyball the other day, so that's where he drew a lot of his inspiration from. There it is. But then in typical Aaron Rodgers fashion, gave probably a three-minute answer just about that was very philosophical about that wrote that quote is about the meaning of life and romanticizing the meaning of life and loving those around you. Um, and I was just laughing because in the YouTube comments, everyone was just like, Oh my gosh, this is the longest answer ever. Like people kept spamming <laughs> that in the comments and it was really funny, but um, definitely a good, good show. The giver was the book last week. As we talked about this week, the book was Chuck Norris can't be stopped. No, I'm kidding. He did actually hold that book up for a solid 30 seconds and pretend that's what the book was. But back to philosophical Aaron Rodgers, it is Be Here Now, um, which he said was a very important book to him on his early journey um, with spirituality. I I don't know why I can't say that (laughs) word today, but you know what I'm trying to say. And that's really it. 
Um, that was the book he chose. He said the one he wanted to choose he couldn't find in his house this week. So maybe next week if he finds it. But no, that my was house Pat is McAfee. too big. Can't find my books. Yeah. I have the same problem. I'm like, I have the same problem. Yeah. Subtle oh, man. flex there. Maybe it was on the hood, hidden bookshelf. Oh, I just oh maybe it was in the house it. in Malibu. Oh, no. <laughs> like. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate that. Um, all right, we're gonna look. We're gonna look forward. They got a game. Packers have another game this weekend. Another what? game this weekend. They are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm I'm happy. There's no like built-in storylines uh, that people can actually you know ask about with the Steelers. What? Uh, nah, nah, nah. I know. I know. I'm. It's, we don't it's, live in the past, Dusty. You just talk about the present. It's nice. It's nice <laughs> to have a break. Is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what we do as we do every week here, we are looking at the Packers' offense versus the opposing defense, and uh, just a couple. You know, what are we expecting? What are we looking for? So uh, to let Sarah kind of have a drink of water here, Steve. Uh, what's one thing you're really looking for in the game this weekend? Uh, honestly, I'm I'm looking at the Packers' offensive line. They did amazing against the 49ers, and I want to see them back that up. We have not heard anything about Elton Jenkins yet, so we do not know if he's going to be coming back. So we don't know if that's another week of Yash Nijman or what's going to be going on. But, I mean, we also, again, we don't know T.J. Watt's status. Uh, so... That's a very important thing because the Packers had a great plan against a great front seven. And if they can do anything against this, I, I don't want to say lackluster, but like there, there's some good pieces on the, the mm-hmm. Steelers front seven, but it's not as good as the 49ers. So if they can do as well, if not better, man, that just sets the offense up to be super, super productive. And that's what the Packers need. So, that's what I'm gonna be watching to uh, this this week. Sarah, what are you looking for? For me, I'm gonna be looking specifically when they pull the trigger on the deep ball. Um, we saw it a few times on Sunday, um, and the Steelers have been absolutely horrendous defending the deep ball. Burrow and Chase connected multiple times um, against the Steelers this past weekend, and. Bengals aren't very good. They don't have the best offense or team in general. So if they're able to do that, the Packers are probably going to pull the trigger on that a little more than they usually do. But I am kind of curious because I saw reports that MVS tweaked his hamstring. So is he going to play? Is he not? We don't know. Um, And that could obviously influence that because he's typically that guy. But we've seen Lazard do it. We've even seen Tunyon do it at times. We know Devontae can do it. So that's going to be something I'm going to kind of keep an eye out for um, because typically they would go to MVS, but if MVS plays, you know, are they going to kind of be conservative with him a little bit and not send him, you know, all the way like that? So that's definitely something to look out for and also just monitor his status throughout the week leading up to the game. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I was looking at the pressure stuff, and you know, with with Watt, we don't know what Watt's status is going to be. Um, my my assumption, and we'll talk about it a little bit. My assumption is that he's not going to play. They do have um, Cam Hayward, Melvin Ingram there, who are you know the kind of the the two and three pass rushers. Watt Watt's pressures are not as high as Hayward this year, just because he's missed you know, two games at this point, but he's a wrecking ball when he is in there. But I looked at their pressure numbers, basically their pressure numbers between Hayward and Ingram are right in line with um, Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. So if you think of what 
you know, Clark and Gary have done, and they've been fine uh, as far as pressure numbers, but certainly not world records, I don't think. Um, that's kind of what you're looking at on that line without Watt. But for me, it's kind of from looking at what the Bengals did and what the Packers have been working in, you know, a little more this year, I feel like, is their use of empty sets with their five wide receivers. Not necessarily, you know, spread personnel. You can have a couple tight ends in there. They've done that with uh, quite a bit this past week. I feel like with Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon split out with that pony package. But just uh, what it allowed the Bengals to do, Sarah, you mentioned that, the you know, their line is not great. But it allows Burrow, who was very comfortable in that stuff from, you know, his LSU days, to just read and trigger get the ball out. So you got those five guys that those spread concepts, you can get just get the ball out fast. So with a guy like Rodgers, who is smart, and they've been using a little bit more of the empty stuff this year, I feel like, uh, that I'm, I'm, that's what I'm kind of looking at. The Bengals had a lot of success with that. You know, I think Burrow had, it was like 172 passing yards, but highly efficient, and three touchdowns, and it just looked like they couldn't stop them. So looking to see if the Packers are going to maybe up their usage of, of their empty sets um, because they have been working that in a little more uh, this season than we've seen in the past. So with that, we'll get to the prop bet. Uh, I lost last week. Me and Sarah both took L's. Uh, Sarah, Steve won. That puts Woo! the record at uh, Steve is sitting two and one. Sarah is one and two. And Dusty is sitting a lowly, lowly one and three. Uh, I got to I gotta figure out a way to cheat and get back in this, I think. Um, okay, so right now uh, we're going to look your at. Probably best interest. Probably. Yeah, no. We're looking at, um, and Steve did a little research on this one for once. So thank you for that, Steve. We're going to do over under Rogers passing yards at 274.5. And how Steve came to that is that's the average the Steelers are giving up over these past three weeks. So just to kind of set this up a little bit, that is what the Steelers are giving up on average. So far through three games, Rogers has thrown for... Uh, 133 yards against the Saints, 255 against the Lions, and 261 against the Niners. Uh, so start with Sarah. Sarah, what do you take? Over under 274.5 passing yards for Rodgers against the Steelers. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed 
on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So I'm taking the over for a couple reasons. The first, Roger seems to be trending and up, so I think he's just going to continue to play really well, and the Steelers have struggled, so I think combining those means good things for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Number two, I'm taking the over because Aaron Rodgers freaking owes me after I drove three hours to see him play worse than throwing the ball into the dirt in Jacksonville, statistically speaking. So he owes me, and that's why he will throw me over this week because I cannot sit through another game like that again, and it's time. It's time. Nothing smarter than betting with your emotions, Sarah. Mm -hmm. That's how you win, Steve. Mm -hmm. I bet Mm -hmm. with my emotions and good judgment. I combine the two. I put my heart and my head together to take the over. So I only saw one of those involved. Steve, where are you sitting? (laughs) Over or under on passing yards this weekend? Uh, I'm going to take the under just on the pure fact that I believe that the Packers are going to be up early and often. And then I think there's going to be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So. Don't get me wrong, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win comfortably, but I believe that there's going to be a heavy dose of run game and maybe even a little Jordan Love at the end of the game. So I will go with the under. Yeah, and I think I'm taking the under as well. Um, I was looking at the over just, ah, you know. Well, really? based on Damn the football it's... outsiders, their DVOA stuff, and none of that, that stuff doesn't normalize to like week six or whatever. But they they are a much better rushing defense, Steelers are, than they are a passing defense. Like they're fourth against the rush and 19th against the pass. But I'm with you, Steve. I mean, I think that the, the Steelers offense looks real, real bad. This is not going to be – I don't think they're going to feel the need to put up a ton of points to win. Uh, I think it's going to be a highly efficient day for Rodgers. And, yeah, they'll just uh, – by the third quarter, I mean, let's just give the ball to A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, and we'll just run this stuff out. The running game, we saw some really nice things out of this past week. They're mixing some stuff up a little bit. They're getting double teams up front with that offensive line. So I think they'll get some movement. And, again, I don't think they're going to feel the need to put up 40. Um, I think they could put up 
12 and, and maybe win this game. So <laughs> three, probably three, yeah. I think would be effective. I think it's They're definitely going to be one 40. of those. I think Rogers, it's going to be one of those games where it could be like, man, Rogers shredded him and like, oh, he finished with like 249 just because he didn't have to do anything. Like, I feel like it's going to be one of those kinds of games. No. I, th- I think one of my favorite things about the Steelers is that anytime uh, Ben Roethlisberger throws it over 15 yards, everybody tweets at Mina Kimes. Like, ah, oh, how did, like, we told you he could throw over for, for over 15 yards at a time. Like, dude, his, his arm is cooked, man. Like, you, you're stretching. You're he stretching. had uh, he had a pass this past week where he rolled and did like a little shovel overhand pitch and he tripped over his own feet and fell after he threw it. And I, I cackled. I just openly <laughs> cackled watching it. Uh, just tremendous stuff. It's, it's almost painful to watch if I didn't dislike him so much. Um, all right. So that's, I mean, that's it. We didn't really, I guess, talk about game predictions. I don't really, really care. I think we're all in the, the, I think gonna Packers are going to win yeah. like likely yeah. fairly big would be our feeling. Um, all right. So that's, I mean, that's it, man. And then we're going to, we're going to get to the questions here. We're going to, we're going to bang through a few questions here and just, and just see what you brought. You guys brought it this week as you do every week. We can't get to everyone. We apologize. Um, but here are some we are getting to. So we're going to start off with our friend, Matt Pickett, Matt. Though I love, I know many lovely Pittsburghers. I'm not a fan of the Steelers fan base. Uh, what, and we're just going to, we're going to kind of pare this down a little bit. What are one or two of your favorite, least favorite non-Packers fan bases and why? And what do you like to eat and drink with your burgers? So we're going to do one favorite, one least favorite. Uh, Steve, uh, start with you. Favorite, least favorite fan base. And what do you have with your burger? As far as favorite goes, man, it's crazy that we are playing against them this week, but I, I love Steelers fans. Uh, it's, my dad was born and raised a Steelers fan, and so half of my family, like my extended family, are Steelers fans and uh, been talking some crap on Facebook to each other this week. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good bunch, and I think, I think the best thing about Steelers fans is they actually really, really love football. So... Mm-hmm. Always fun. Always fun. And as far as the least favorite fan base, I don't know, the rest of the NFC North. (laughs) I think that's about fine. I do, like, I did even put out, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Bears fans after, um, (laughs) you know, after uh, Nagy came out. I was like, yeah, well, it's pretty much an open competition. We don't know who's going to be starting. He threw Nick Foles' name out there. He threw Foles in there. You're like, you're like, what the hell are you doing, man? What are you doing? How do you still have a job? How do you still have a job? You had a horrible game plan for your rookie quarterback, and yet you're like, oh, Nick Foles could be in the in the mix for this job. Like, what? The, what the hell? So I, I, I don't even know. But yeah, that that sounds about right. And then what? Uh, what was the food question again? Uh, what do you favorite favorite food and drink with your burger? With my burger, um, French fries all day, yeah. and actually French fries slash tater tots. I, I was you know, say. It, 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 mm-hmm. it mixes. It there depends on the day, and it depends on the French fry. And then, if I've, if I'm having a burger, it's a beer, all day every day. Yeah, uh, Sarah, favorite, least favorite. So I've talked about this before. I I do respect the commitment uh of the jaguars and dolphins fans that i grew up with because they're just always bad and there are still people i know that are like diehard jaguars fans and i'm just like honestly i respect you and your commitment (laughs) um i don't know if anyone's seen either but the jacksonville jaguars mascot 
is the craziest mascot in the NFL. He does like stunts and he flips off of the scoreboard and he like flies around the stadium and he was going viral over Twitter um, on Twitter over the weekend and people were saying that the team was so bad so they're just desperate to provide any form of entertainment. But I'd definitely check it out. Um, so that's fine. They've never really bothered me growing up. I used to say Bucks were the same way, but now they're just annoying as all hell. So I they are excluded from that list. Um, least favorite, definitely Vikings for me. Um, you know, I have a friend that's a Bears fan and we can kind of banter back and forth and have a good time. Um, but he knows, he knows his place. He knows that the Bears are just, <laughs> are just bad. Uh, but I've met a few Vikings fans that are just, oh, they just, they do get under my skin. I'll admit it. And they're stupid horn and all that it just really bugs me um I, it rubbed me the wrong way when a lot of them were celebrating when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone a few years ago didn't like that so definitely the Vikings for me and the Bears and the Lions like I can tolerate and have good banter with fans that I know on those teams at Vikings I'm just like immediately no immediately no and what, what what do you eat and drink with your burger Sarah um, so I've got to agree with Steve fries or tater tots are definitely the go-to side. And then honestly, it depends on what type of burger I'm eating because a milkshake is always like a good yeah, thing too. That's, that's so good. that's a good answer. Um, like I know it's harder when you have like a big fat burger and it's like stacked with stuff, then you're full on that. And you don't necessarily want a milkshake, but if you're going to like steak and shake or shake shack where they have the thinner patties, then milkshake is the move. So. Yeah, and for me, favorite, I'll just go Lions, um, just because they're mostly sad. I'm originally from that area, and so, like, I've got a lot of family who are Lions fans. It's one of those, like, man, that Tucker kick, which, that that play was just insane. That Tucker play was insane, and it bounced, and from the angle, you can't tell if it's going in or not. Oh, so and bad. it bounced over, like, it was 4th and 19, and they lose they based on this. should have a game. Oh, my gosh. Like, just, and, like, no one was upset. They're just like, yeah. Yeah, this is this is what happens. We are this is what happens. So they're just they're kind of sad, but they embrace the sadness, which I I can appreciate that because um, you have yep. you have to. Um, and least favorite, it's a sneaky pick, and it's it's kind of a personal thing for me. But I'm gonna go Bengals, and and it's they they lay in wait, man. They lay in wait. So the, my first ever NFL game was was up in Cincy, and it was the 04 game where Favre came through and, and threw five picks, and they hadn't been good in forever. And that was like, that was the year they made the playoffs and Carson Palmer blew out his knee on like the first play that, that bombed to Chris Henry there, which is just, just sad. That whole play is just sad in general at this point, but uh, they hadn't been good in forever. They have one good year and they were just, man, just awful. Just because they didn't like, it was kind of one of those, like act like you've been there before. What if you've not been there before? You don't know how to act. And so it was just, just miserable. And so it was one of those, man, listen, if you go on a bad year, they're fine. Cause again, they're mostly sad and drunk, which presents its own kind of problems. Uh, but on a year when they're actually good, they just, they just get kind of nasty. So, and I, I, you know, I, I know quite a few Bengals fans. That's just how it goes. And I get it. I just, I'm not a big fan and burgers. Yeah. I'll go simple. My burgers, burger, or, uh, fries and beer. Um, if I'm grilling, it's, it's many beers from going out to eat. It's one or two beers. Um, uh, but that's, that's the way to go with that. Um, all right. From Ferd Turgeson, just tremendous name. Um, he's good actually job, got buddy. a good job. I love the name. It's tremendous. He's got a podcast with, with Aaron Alice over on game on Wisconsin. They just started, I think last week or two weeks ago or something like that. Good dude. Um, Sweet. uh, do you think Pittsburgh lets TJ Watt play in this one? If he is hundred percent, 
uh, I, I want to sound super old reading this. They are hella desperate early in the year. And you know, he's amped up to 11 for this one. I said, hella guys. I said, hella with a straight face, Sarah, Sarah is TJ Watt. If he's, if say TJ, Watt again, it's a groin injury. So if TJ Watt say like 75%, is he suiting up this game? No. Um, I think when you have a player as good as, as he is, you don't want to force it and you don't want to risk it. And I think the athletic trainers and the medical staff on these teams are smart enough um, not to push guys like that. Groin injury is also a very tricky injury to come back from. Um, so I think that plays into it too. You know, if it was an ankle or a thumb or, you know, something um, where we've seen time and time again that there's usually a, a set timeline for it, I, I might have a different answer. But groin, it, it really is a person-to-person, case-by-case basis. And I know this is a big game for him, um, but I don't see them forcing him in unless he is 100%. You know, this is a franchise player on their team and – I, I think that they would regret it if they forced him to go and then he really, you know, severely injured himself and they don't have him for the remainder of the season. So, Steve? Yeah, you don't make him the highest paid defensive player in the NFL and then risk losing him on, on a, a, a stupid decision. Like, this is it, – it's, it's night and day, man. Like, if he is – if he is not 100%, like you don't want to risk that type of injury that can linger all year long and then throw him onto the IR. It's just something that no smart team does. And I believe that the Steelers have, have good people there that they're not going to mm-hmm. get him there. So I really don't believe he's going to play this, this, this week. Yeah. No, if he's not 100%, groin injuries are tricky and the defense is not the issue here. Like maybe he yeah. makes a splash play, but uh, like he, is, I'm, is he playing quarterback? If he's not playing quarterback, then uh, then no, he's he's not going to be out there um, unless he's 100%. Uh, from our good friend Maggie Loney, hey, I watched a game with her last week. Uh, what type of gourd do you think would be most conducive for use in place of a football? I'm just going to go ahead and answer this because we looked this up, and within about three picks, we found a pointed gourd, which essentially looks like a football-shaped watermelon. And we said, nope, that's it. That's our football. So Maggie, a pointed gourd. All right. From uh, Jonas Johansson, most exhilarating non-playoff wins you've watched, and where does Sunday's rank? Uh, Sarah, where? Uh, what? I, I think I, I think we know what you're going to say, but hey, yeah. most exhilarating non-playoff win. Yeah, so I know this is brand new information, but a few years ago <laughs> I was at the Packers opener against the Bears um, when they came back and won after Rodgers went down. I know you guys have never heard this story before, <laughs> so you're probably on the edge of your seat. But yeah, that would be it. I mean, being there is a whole different element from watching it on TV. But there's so many that I can name, and I know you guys are going to name a couple of the other ones that are on my list. But that one is definitely it for me. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's true. I watched that at home, and that's got to be up there. It's it's Cobb again, man. It's Cobb again. Uh, Steve, it's what Randall was Cobb again? <laughs> what was what was yours, Steve? <laughs> Best video of all time. (laughs) Just like when he pulls on the Trubisky jersey. Just so sad. Just as heartbreaking in real time. That's something I want to do. If anybody knows who that kid is, I want him on this podcast. I would love to interview him (laughs) and talk to him like... Holy God. Like, That's that would a be serious a inquiry. Like for the Bears game, I would love to have him on it to talk about it. Like what was going through your mind and like how, 
what do you like just how he feels about the whole situation right now i think it would be really interesting perspective he's now like 16 years old and he smokes a pack every time Nagy opens his mouth like that's exactly how this goes to you <laughs> can you imagine when he saw when he found out that randall cobb got traded back to the packers it was like a whole like a whole pack of marlboro reds that he just he just, he just smoked the whole he's thing he's just done just chain smoked the whole thing he's like again again <laughs> all right steve Exhilarating non-playoff wins. What you got? Uh, I think I got to go with the Lions' uh, Hail Mary, man. Mm. That was – I was telling you guys a story beforehand, but oh, my God. That was such a huge play and so crazy during the game. But this was when my daughter was I think maybe like eight, nine months old. And I remember like thinking I was being super quiet because it was a Sunday night or a Monday night game like screaming into a pillow, like swearing, doing everything <laughs> that was happening. And I thought I was being super quiet. I apparently was not being super quiet. And my wife came out of the bedroom like, what the hell are you doing? Like the Packers had a Hail Mary. She's like, I don't care. I don't care that the Packers had a Hail Mary. You're going to wake up our daughter. I'm like, eh, that's a fair <laughs> point. It's a really fair point. But super exciting play. Like super exciting game. Um and to me, that was probably that was probably my top tier, like best game. That's definitely up there. I mean, that's that's yeah. an all timer there. Um, for and, and I mean, I was gonna say for me, but really all these games rank, I would say, in like oh, our yeah. top five here. Uh, weeks cool. week seventeen, twenty thirteen, man. Um, that was that was the birth of Randall Cobb. Fourth and eight. I think they converted two other fourth downs on that drive, and then fourth and eight, and Kuhn makes the block, and Cobb throws up the mailbox, and Rogers goes deep after missing whatever it was eight games and eight to 10 games and, and Cobb missed some games with that leg injury that I thought he like shattered his leg. And yeah, I mean, who cares what happened with the Niners the next week? That was, that was an all timer moment right there. That, that fourth and eight make it to the playoffs after what seemed like a lost season. So that, that one is definitely up there. As far as ranking this one, I have no idea. I just know I've, I've not been this excited for a while about a game. Um, I don't know what it was, but this one really hyped me up. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, from Cody, should they keep Yash at tackle and move Elton back to guard until Bakhtiari comes back? Steve, you have strong feelings that I think are the same feelings as all of us, so why don't you just take this one? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell no. To the no, no. <laughs> I should have let Sarah answer it. Damn it, that was way better than mine. <laughs> I mean, I was going for dramatic pause and then the answer, and then Sarah started dancing. So, well, so your dramatic pause was what I just started hearing that meme where the guy is like <laughs> singing "Hell No." So, but no hate to Yash. It's just you. You oh, answer. No, absolutely not. Yeah. He's a, he, absolutely. He was. He did great against the 49ers. Uh, absolutely, like if you look at it, like a stud of a third tackle, like to have for the Packers behind Bakhtiari, Jenkins, uh, Billy Turner, and, you know, all those guys, like as the third tier tackle, great guy. Like that's who you want, but Mm -hmm. no, if Elton Jenkins is back and healthy, like that's who you want as your left tackle until Bakhtiari is back and then put him wherever they decide to put him. If there's left guard, right tackle, Whatever they decide to do, I, I fully trust the offensive line coaches to do that. And, yeah, I, I mean, they've they've been patient with, with Yash, and they've, they've done a really good job, and he did what he needed to do. But no, 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 no. Just put, put the best guys in the, in the best spots. 
yeah, it was like you said, it was certainly nice to see him do something. He was a guy that, like you can dream on some of those tools and who knows if he's ever going to put it together. And I mean, they, they, they helped him quite a bit, but he did well. But yeah, Elton is like a legit stud. So if, if it's if the if the question is either Elton or Yash, no, it's it's you put him and that's a more valuable position. So so him over there uh, staying on the offensive line from Rob Clements. Over under 75% chance that Adam Stenovich uh, is an offensive coordinator somewhere next season. That is the Packers offensive line coach. Uh, and he follows up with, uh, as a fellow Kentucky Packer fan, although, Steve, this also will apply to you, uh, what is your current bourbon of choice? Um, Not me, Dusty? What? Uh, well, I was gonna, well, no, what's Dr. Pepper of choice? Which which flavor of the Dr. Pepper do you like, Sarah? Um, we'll do – okay, so Stenovich um, – I looked this up. Well, with offensive coordinator, offensive linemen, they don't really like, they seem like they're just offensive line coaches. Like that's just kind of how this goes. And it's nothing against them at all. Like they just, those guys seem like they do that. Like Howard Mudd is an all time great offensive line coach, the hall of famer could do anything we want. That dude was just a line coach for like 40 years or however long Howard Mudd was coaching. So I, I personally don't think that Stenovich is going to be up for OC consideration anytime soon. Um, as for bourbon, I was in Wisconsin last week and I happened to go into a liquor store right as they were putting out Eagle rare, which is really hard to find. So that's what I'm drinking now. So I'm going to go Eagle rare because I'm drinking it now. Um, Steve, you have thoughts on Stenovich and or bourbon? A little bit on both. Uh, kind of agree with you. I, I mean, I'm on the under on 75% of him being an OC next year. I'm, I honestly anticipate him being the offensive line coach with Packers next year. Uh, yeah. for a lot of the same reasons you just said. And then as far as bourbon goes, uh, poured myself a good, uh, a good healthy glass of stag junior tonight and Ooh. really Ooh. enjoyed it and just finished it up. And, um, yeah, so that's the, that's the one. It's kind of always funny when, when you finish off your daily drinker bottles and all of a sudden you just only have your good stuff and you're just, you're saying like, Ooh, which one of the good ones do I really want to drink tonight? So I went with Stag. I went with Stag Junior tonight. How can I talk myself into thinking this is a special occasion tonight? Exactly. <laughs> and so I was, uh, I was very, very happy with my decision. Very nice. I've never had that, uh, Sarah. I'm not going to ask you about bourbon, but do you have uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Stunovich as potential offensive coordinator anywhere next year? Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. Um, really, for the same reasons that you guys shared, and also. Um, I, I think he's comfortable where he's at. I don't see him as a guy that's going to go and, and I mean, yeah, it'll be, a, it would be a pay raise, but it, it's very unlikely that it's going to happen. And obviously they've got a really good thing going in green Bay. Um, and seems like he enjoys that. So taking the under. All right. We've got two questions left. This one's from our buddy, Eric Rose. Uh, nice to get a road win. I agree. Especially in, uh, in San Francisco, Santa Clara. Sorry. Uh, what do you think LaFleur can do to help spread the load a bit more, a bit from uh 17? I uh, can't imagine he gets single covered much longer and uh, follow-up questions officially fall. What's the opinion on traditional fall flavors? What's your favorite season taste? We'll just do that. We'll do uh, Sarah. I'll start with you. What can LaFleur do? What do you see in a game plan going forward? And then also uh, what's your favorite fall flavor? Sorry, I got distracted when you were reading that question because I have the questions up on Twitter and someone just liked one of my tweets whose username is it's Randall Cobb again. And that was just the it's best like timed like <laughs> ever. So thank you. Can you repeat the first part of the question, please? Yeah. What do you think LaFleur can do to help spread the load a bit more from from Adams if, if teams right. start doubling him or something? I think they 
just need to keep doing what they have showed us little bits and pieces of. We've seen where Jones gets involved in the passing game. They go to Tunyon, Lazard. Use the guys that you have. I, I, I know Aaron Nagler always screams during the Cheesehead TV watch parties that says, coach the team that you have. That's pretty much, it's as simple as that. Um, if guys do start to double Adams, which is has already happened and will always happen, um, I think you just play the simple simple game. Get the ball out quick. Look for guys, you know, on the slants or over the middle and things like that. Run the ball to move the chains a little bit. Um, and it's really as simple as that. We saw it at times, even it I don't want to say against the Lions because obviously Devontae could do his thing against the Lions, but we saw it there where the Packers just said, Aaron Jones, do your thing. We're just going to trust you to do your thing. And that's what I think they just need to keep doing. If they're, you know, they're going to force it essentially. And I think that's a bad word, but it, it's going to help me make my point to Devonte whenever they can. Why wouldn't you? He's best receiver in the league um, and he can tear it up. But if that isn't working, just use the simply go, go the other ways that you know work. You know that Dylan can also catch passes and he can get involved in the passing game. So that's another option. Um, th- I mean, there, there are so many things. And they have guys like Lazard and Mercedes Lewis that are just blocking like crazy all the time. So there's always going to be somebody open, especially when you have guys like that blocking on the field. So it's really just a matter of not forcing it to Devontae when it isn't there. What's your favorite fall flavor? Pumpkin, 100%. I know that's basic. Um, I'm not like a pumpkin coffee person like the latte person i don't drink coffee but um i've talked about it before like pumpkin bread pumpkin muffins um anything like that is always super good i just saw this past weekend that Publix now has pumpkin cookies so i didn't get them because i'm i'm going out of town um today when you're listening to this i'm driving back to melbourne um so i didn't buy them but i will be indulging when i am back in orlando next week so they tell me the pumpkin chicken tenders there are fire, Sarah. Fire. Honestly, I know that sounds <laughs> Not a disgusting. Sandwich. Not a sandwich. If, if, if it sounds disgusting, but if Publix did it, I would eat it because I trust them that much. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. The thing you can't even make fun of her about it because she loves it just just so completely. Um, They're coming Steve, to Kentucky, Dusty. Soon that's what I hear. Know. That's Soon what I hear. Now, I, now listen, Sarah. I used to live in Florida. I know about Publix. So, Steve, what can LaFleur do to spread the load a little bit from 17? And then also, what's your favorite fall flavor? Man, I, I really trust uh, LaFleur. And I feel like him, Rodgers, they, they'll know if it's triple team coverage over over Devontae. And there, there's other options to go to. So, I'm 100% not worried if if they do start covering Devontae a little bit more than, than he's got Aaron Jones. He's got, he's got A.J. Dillon. He's got Robert Tunyon. He's got Lazard. He's got MVS. Like, they're fine. They're absolutely fine for a game or two. And again, then all of a sudden people start seeing like, Oh crap, we can't just straight up cover like double cover Devonte Adams because everybody else is going to be wide open. So it's just going to open things back up. But I mean, look at the first three games. You're telling me that people aren't going to, that, that those teams weren't sitting there going, Ooh, you know what? We should just single cover Devonte and we'll be fine. <laughs> So no, I don't like. I think I think they're going to be completely fine doing things the way that they've been doing them. They'll adjust when they need to adjust and, and be good from there. 
And as far as uh, fall flavor goes, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with pumpkin, man. That's uh, that they put out some good coffees, some good candles. Uh, and as Sarah, as soon as Sarah said pumpkin bread, I was like, ooh, I haven't had that mm-hmm. in a while. Definitely need to get get a good loaf of that one. But um, that and then the apple cider donuts, like those are yeah. my favorite. Right down the road from us, within like a half a mile, there's a small apple orchard that's got fresh out of the oven or um, apple cider donuts at 9 a.m. when they open up. And, oh, my God, still hot. Like when they get back in the house with a little apple cider, that's uh, that's a good fall flavor for me. So, yeah, and for me, a lot of stuff you guys said about Devonta, they've got so many just good complimentary pieces, whether that's in the you know receiving game or running game and guys who can do a little bit of everything like that's just it's really hard. You can take Devonta Adams away, but then it's. MVS over the top are the running slash passing game. We've seen this game. We've seen Devonte get injured uh, in past seasons and the passing game runs through Aaron Jones. And that's not something that's sustainable for, you know, a 17 game season or, or even longer than usually a six game run or something like that, but you can do it. So I think they're built really well. The staff is really smart. Um, and it's also, it's really hard to, I mean, the double double cover, some of that's a bit of a misnomer. You can do that to some extent, but some of the stuff Devonte Adams is doing where it's like the, you know, slants, outbreaker, stick routes within, let's say, like five yards of the line of scrimmage, where he's using that, you know, his, his footwork to do that, and then he pick up some yards after the catch after that. You can't really double that without, like, showing your hand really, really early and easily, and then you just pick some other way to go. Like, if you're going to stack him at the line, well, then someone else is open at pre-snap. Like, it's it's re- it's it's tough to do, but, yeah, they've got the pieces to do it. And then uh, if all flavors, yeah, it's pumpkin. Man, uh, so I was up in Wisconsin this past week. I finally found some pumpkin, which I've not had in like three years because I don't distribute down here anymore. So good. Oh, it's so good. And I had my first uh, pumpkin spice latte of the season. I'm, man, I'm in. I'm locked in. It's all, all pumpkin all the time here in my house. Uh, last up, Sarah, kick it to you for this question from our buddy, Sean Franken. Can you describe the Packers win Ted Lasso style? I'd love to. It would be an honor. I'm going to take a quote that if you've watched Ted Lasso, you absolutely know it. And it's taken on a challenge. It's a lot like riding a horse. If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. So there you go. That was perfect. It was, we were totally in for a wild ride on Sunday. We weren't comfortable there at the end, but it turned out all right. Happy ending. There you go. Shout out to Ted Lasso. Shout out to Jason Sudeikis. Absolutely love that show and the cast and everyone can't recommend enough. So thank you for asking that question. Thank you, Sarah. All right, we're going to get to final thoughts. Steve, we'll kick it to you. Do you have any final thoughts? Honestly, I, got, I don't really have a lot right now. I'm just uh, I'm a little tired. I'm ready to go to bed, but um, just want to maybe just some appreciation for everybody that listens, everybody that, you know, follows us on Twitter, everybody that sends in questions. It's, it's always just much appreciated because this is a, a really fun thing that we do. And sometimes it's kind of crazy to think that there's so many people that will listen to the, our takes on, on Packers and, and the games and everything like that. So thank you for, for listening. Thank you for following. Uh, we, we look forward to continuing doing it for the rest of the, the season and, and beyond. And uh, again, um, yeah, just follow us, send us messages. We'll, more than happy to talk whenever humanly possible. So that's about all I got. Very good. Sarah, final thoughts? 
Yeah, I actually want to give a big shout out to you, Dusty, because Dusty mm-hmm. is is doing me a, a big favor this weekend, and he will be covering my game recap on Sunday so that I can fully enjoy being at Lambo, not have to worry about taking notes on my phone during the game. Um, so we did a little switcheroo, um, and Dusty so kindly uh, offered after I asked. So thank you. He, mm-hmm. he was voluntold, maybe. I don't know. Um, but he was <laughs> he was still willing to do it. You so asked straight you. up. You asked straight up. I'd, 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 I'd do anything for you, Sarah. Happy to do thank it. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm really excited. Um, to I This will be like the first Packers game I've watched in years where I haven't taken notes and analyzed it the whole time. So I'm kind of excited to just be a full on fan and enjoy it and then afterwards go out to eat um and just have a good time so thank you dusty for allowing me to have that time i really really appreciate it um in the cheats head tv chat he said the only way he would do it is if i took a shot of fireball Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's going to Mm -hmm. happen but to be fair when i when i when i hung out with dusty at uh at the cheats head tv house we did a shot of fireball before walking to the stadium it's a tradition man it's a tradition yeah I know. I feel we're like gonna need a video, Sarah. Yeah, if it Sarah's happens, gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I might not. That's the thing. I'll finally be like, I finally get to go to a Packers game without having to write anything about it, and then I'll take a shot. Passed out. At, yeah, and I, one shot, and that'll be enough. But passed out at the GZT event. Uh, but no, thank you, Dusty. I really appreciate it. Um, and then it totally second everything Steve said. This is absolutely awesome, and I. I don't know if it's just me feeling extra grateful and sentimental, but I really feel like the response and just interactions has been so great this year. Um, and it really means a lot to us. It truly does. So thank you guys. Um, and we're just really excited and happy we get to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly echo all that. Um, for me, I've got entirely too much stuff to plug, man. I don't even know if I want to, if I want to plug all of that right now. We're, we're fully in football season. I was finally, for the first time over the first three weeks of the season, I was able to kind of run through my process, go through all the film, break everything down, kind of write about what I want to write about, watch the game, how I want to watch it. Um, and I, and no sleep doing it. So I'm running on fumes right now, but it's been a really good week. Got to write about a lot of good stuff. So yesterday over on Packer Report, I got to write about a pressure look, um, kind of a stack pressure look on a, on a key third down that Preston Smith got in on touch. So that was a really nice uh, Joe Barry dialed up. We talked about it, you know, last week, as far as the floor telling Joe Barry, hey, man, you got to get some pressure on these guys and stepped it up. Well, it seems like that carried over. He had some really cool pressure packages. So got to break down one of those. That was really fun last week. Um, and so that was uh, that that was yesterday. Then also yesterday over on my little uh, sub stack, uh, I wrote about Jair's interception, talked entirely too long about some of the triggering mechanisms behind some of the quarters coverage and you know, what Jair was doing and why he broke when he did and kind of all of that stuff. I mean, just tremendous play and a lot of fun to kind of look at. Uh, So I hope I did it justice over there. And then today I've got two more on Packer Report. I've got four instances of the Packers running their mirrored smash fade concept, two of them resulting in defensive pass interference. Uh, and one of them was that big Lazard catch to kind of uh, on third down of that first drive. So four of the same concept all run on third down and overall successful. Even if Rogers was only one for two officially while doing that, he did get those two DPI. So uh, that was really fun concept. I love the mirrored stuff. I love their use of kind of a choice route in the middle there that allows them to attack different coverages. So I get into that at Packer report and at cheesehead TV. 
finally today uh, back with the uh, passing Chronicles six plays. So I'm looking at that, the final place, you know, Sarah talked about that, that, that uh, first play on that final drive to Adams kind of talked about the, why that worked and also kind of the, some of the concept behind that We've got the TD pass to MVS, which I mean, man, already like top 20 favorite Aaron Rodgers throws of all time. That might be top 10 before too long, just the absolute missile in the back of the end zone there, the concept behind that, the deep shot to MVS, which was great. And then I kind of, you know, a couple others, and then kind of tying those together based on similar concepts and looks that they ran, you know, kind of earlier in the game. So really fun week. I mean, offensively, I think they did a lot of fun stuff. They definitely knew what they were attacking and they attacked it really well. So really good week to kind of write about. And that's it for me. I hope you read, you know, two words this week of something I've done. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, but yeah, to echo what those guys, what everyone else was saying, really appreciate you guys listening. Um, rate and review on iTunes or your platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter. That's at Packaday Podcast, at Steve Perhatch, at Sarah Kelleher4, and at Dusty Evely. Uh, if you need anything at all, you know, hit us up. Questions, whatever. DMs are open if you need to chat about football or say, I don't know, Ted Lasso, uh, which I know, you know, we get, get some of that as well. I had someone hit me up today for um, like book recommendations or something like that. So we're around if you just need to chat. Um, and yeah, thank you as always for listening. As always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.